0: It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I'm excited to welcome back to my show today a guest who's been on before. His name is Kevin Crane. He's the host of the Everyday MBA podcast and head of the Crane Group. Kevin, welcome to Accelerate.
1: Hello, Andy. It's great to be back. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So uh, take a minute, maybe, for people that didn't hear the previous episode. Introduce yourself a little bit.
1: Well, thank you, Andy. I'm the host of Everyday MBA. It's a weekly business podcast where we talk to business authors and thought leaders about success techniques and tips that you don't necessarily learn in business school. And I'm also the principal behind Crane Communications Group. We're a writing and production firm. We do podcast production and content creation for a lot of companies in the high tech space and others. And so, and that's what led me to you, Andy. You've been a Guest on my show, Everyday NBA, as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I noticed you had just replayed that episode. uh, Not that long, actually. You replayed uh, my my interview of you. Excuse me on on Everyday NBA.
1: That's right. We had a great conversation a while back, and yeah, as a special episode, we presented some excerpts from that as well.
0: Excellent. Yeah, how'd that go?
1: Oh, it's great, and I appreciate the opportunity to kind of get out and uh, tell my story about um, what I think is great. What what the characteristics are of great killer knowledge leadership content, which is kind of what we talked about last time.
0: Yeah, be on the other side of the mic. So that's right. Yeah. So you are a podcast host, and you produce podcasts for others. So uh, let's let's talk about podcast in sales and marketing because it's a topic that I'm sort of hammering a little bit recently on the show because I think it's such a great content vehicle for potentially for everyone that that creates content.
1: I agree. Podcasting is. Uh, a really an an often overlooked place to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, and so from my my perspective is one of the things that I work with a lot of mid-sized and smaller companies, CEOs, entrepreneurs of those companies, startups, and yeah, they know they should be blogging. They know they should be creating original content, but. Staring at a bait blank screen is so hard that in many cases, maybe sometimes they don't want to go out and hire a writer because it you know, doesn't sound very authentic for them. They think, or it's just it doesn't happen consistently. And so, great thing about podcasting is that, gosh, you, know, you could start just by writing a few points of that you want to make on a piece of paper and recording yourself. You don't even have to do an interview, or you bring in you know potential clients as interview uh, subjects, and then. You know you take a transcript of that recording, that becomes a blog post and then you can break those down into tweets that go out. I mean, the multi-purpose or the ability to repurpose it in multiple ways is, is sort of unmatched.
1: Well, I agree. and as a producer, I kind of feel like part of my job, part of my mission is to help make that easy for folks. I mean, as you mentioned, it can be daunting, you know, to have that blank page staring at you when you need to do a blog post or whatever. And that's why I've made a living for years as a writer. So podcasting is really an extension of that service for my clients. So my job, I feel, is to kind of make that easy, make the technology easy, make the effort easy. And and many of my clients, it's as simple as getting on Skype with me, you know, once a week or twice a month or however often and um, going through the process of just getting something down in a recording and then I take that back to the, uh, to the workshop and sprinkle the magic pixie dust and do some audio editing and voiceover and we've created a podcast with rather, rather simple tools and without a lot of pain and suffering.
0: <laughs> hmm. So uh, to me, again a couple things about strengths of podcasts. One is from a, a branding element is rightly or wrongly. It it I think it conveys a little additional sense of expertise. Yeah, you know, this is a broadcast. I mean people's perception of, of a broadcast type medium are different than perhaps writing a blog.
1: Oh I agree. And it can work for both individuals that are looking to boost their personal brand and can also work for organizations that are looking to boost their organizational brand. I have both ki- kinds of clients. Uh, one is a rather large tech company that we're producing a show. It hasn't launched yet. We have several in the can. It's about ready to launch. And for them, it was all about stepping out in their industry as a knowledge leader as an organization and giving voice to some of their subject matter experts. And, um, but it works also really great for individuals like you and me that are looking to boost their profile as knowledge leaders. What a great way to um, present value to your audience and present yourself in a way that gives you a great deal of credibility and interest.
0: Well, I think listening to this as an entrepreneur, CEO, C-level person, there's a level of engagement, I, I, I call it intimacy with the content, especially this long form content of a podcast versus a blog, the, the blog can't match. So if you have somebody that's uh, on your list, let's say they're on your mail list or they're a subscriber to the show and they're familiar with your product, but not really, you know they haven't taken a step to engage with you listening to somebody actually talk about the product and the passion and the expertise they convey, that you know the nuances that come out through the spoken word versus reading it on a page, can make all the difference. I mean, you're a podcast host. I'm a podcast host. I have people on my show six days a week, and I get emails from them all the time saying, yeah, I got a contract as a result of somebody hearing me on your show.
1: Well, sure. And you're right in someone's head. <laughs> I mean, literally, in their head while they're working out. You know, on the treadmill, or maybe in the in the uh, airport, waiting for a plane, while they're commuting back and forth to work on the train. So you're literally inside someone's head. I listen often to podcasts at night as well, and uh, you know, so there's a definite intimacy there that you just don't get in other forms of content. And I got to tell you, I've been a writer forever, and I do a lot of content creation as a writer, Um, but my distress somewhat is that people are not reading like they used to they're simply not reading as much content as long-form content white papers or even books um and it, we've really become more and more of a soundbite sort of organization or not organization a society and so podcasting really fits in well with that i think you can create content that is somewhat more easily consumed it's a bit more passive than than reading or 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 something like that. And uh, I think that's one of the really great strengths of podcasting that we're forgetting as marketers and content creators, that literal ease of consuming it and the intimacy and the power of the type of media that it really is.
0: Yeah, and and get back to the sort of uh, idea of the intimacy. Someone says that this is a cliche. I, I still believe this is true, is that people buy from those they know, like, and trust. Now, you know, like doesn't necessarily mean a deep personal friendship, but no like and trust, is, you know, people sort of, because of, and this is not a phenomenon just really purely to podcasts, is, you know, people these days, given sort of the pervasiveness of media, feel like they know people better than perhaps they actually do through listening to podcasts or watching videos. And so when it comes to establishing that that initial connection and forming some initial impressions or perceptions in the minds of the people you want to do business with, Again, I would argue the podcast is substantially more effective at that than yeah uh, you know, any written piece that you could do.
1: Well, and the combination I think is super powerful. I was just having this conversation with a client the other day who was thinking of coming on board, and so the question was, well, how does it work with our blog, right? And I think it works great. a Couple of ways. Number one, a blog is good, a podcast is good, but together the synergy of the two is even more powerful than each individually sitting alone. So, to me, I want to look at ways we can hook those two together. In my blog content, I want to put hyperlinks that take people over to audio content. Maybe that's the whole entire episode, or maybe that's just excerpts from... That episode or different episodes that just give people a taste of that audio while they're reading my blog. So that's oh. great. And now, now so you see
0: my edit snippets out of a blog, out of a podcast into a separate files that you make available.
1: Correct. Once you have audio created, it doesn't have to be a full thirty minute episode. It could be parts of. You know, I mean. An editor can take that and cut it up and make it into different, lots of different things. That's a really cool different audio things. So why not populate your blog with those types of links and that kind of flavorful audio content? Heck, people are probably there reading your blog on their smartphone anyway, maybe while they're waiting for their plane in the airport, maybe while they have headphones on. Well, sure, why not? Boom. You're going to click over and maybe hear that or go right to the episode and then flip side of that is in your episodes of your audio content, wouldn't you mention your blog and say, go to blog, you know, blog post XYZ for more on this or uh, hyperlinks over to your blog? Or um, I have clients that ask me to narrate or they do their own narration of their blog content and make it into audio content. So you're literally taking the, the, the content that you've put your effort into in terms of creating your blog, your blood, sweat, and tears and time, and you're saying, okay, great, it's out there now in written form, but guess what, it's only going to take me this little extra effort to make it into an audio format, either having someone narrate it for me or narrate it myself, and now it's, now it's a podcast episode or an audio blog, if you will. So now I'm reaching people in two different ways with the same content.
0: Which is really the, really one of the keys, right? Is You want to be thinking about every piece of content that you create isn't
1: a way to repurpose it. Absolutely. And why wouldn't you take older content that maybe you've created, in and in, I'm a writer in a written form, and repurpose that into audio content, especially if it's evergreen content. Maybe you wrote a book a couple of years ago, and it's been out there, it's been doing okay, but you know, it's, it's, it's maturing now, and it's, it's a good book, but it's sitting out there. Why not take that book now and repurpose some of the parts and pieces of that content into audio format and then release that now as audio stuff, maybe an ebook or an audiobook or an, a series, or any number of things that are now revitalizing that content, giving new life to it. It's still good stuff, right It's still your concepts it still means something. Um, so it's just a way to now bring more power to your written content that you've already created as well. And to me, those types of things are just simply why would you know why wouldn't you do that
0: right (laughs) absolutely and uh, you've given me an idea i'll talk to you about later so uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm giving away my secrets here you know that andy this is the stuff that i would typically maybe keep a little close to the vest and just share with my clients and stuff but uh, i really do believe that you know it's podcasting is a vehicle for all of this and and opens doors in for creative content creation and repurposing that we never had before just by starting to think wow i can be a podcaster, or it can create audio content as well.
0: All right, so let's let's think about another use of a podcast. And yeah, I've brought this up when I work with some companies on this as well. As my business is a podcast as a sales tool. So, for instance, let's say that you're you know thinking about some you know content you can create that connect with your potential buyers is use a podcast to say, look, what I'm to do is I'm going to create a list of uh, decision makers, stakeholders, influencers at accounts that we want to penetrate, You know, especially in the enterprise sale. And I'm going to invite those individuals to be a guest on my weekly podcast. And we're going to have a short 20-minute podcast. We're going to interview them. And then you know, all these benefits start flowing from that. So you know, one, the person that comes on the show, when you put the episode out there, they you know publicize it within the organization. There's a sort of implied top-down uh, referral, if you will, for you, um, yeah. It's you get uh, you start building up this library of content over time, where other people that might be prospects hear that you're talking to all the leading lights in your industry. You know, there's implied expertise there. There's all sorts of benefits that come from something as simple as a podcast that you use as a vehicle to connect with people that you want to do business with, in sort of a neutral setting. And that, so I mean, I look at, at uh, sort of playing off something that you had said earlier is is, you know, as a what would you as a um, a vendor, what would you pay to be able to connect with and have a sales call with, let's say a C-level person at one of your target accounts? You know, and then look at what the cost it takes to produce that podcast, which is pretty small as we both know. It doesn't cost much at all to produce these things. Wow, the trade-off monetarily is, is an obvious trade-off. Of course I'd pay you know, even if it costs a couple thousand bucks to, to produce an episode of a podcast, which it doesn't, I would still pay that to have a one-on-one conversation with the CEO of a company I want to do business with.
1: Well, absolutely. I think you're onto something there as a as a strategy uh, to connect with folks. I mean, you're right. What a better way to connect intimately, in a sense, with with a prospect or someone that you'd like to have a deeper conversation with than using the podcast to be a vehicle to do that. And then in that discussion, if you're a good interviewer, you have this great discovery call. You know, exactly. what are the things that challenge you? What are what are the things that have been successful for you? What's your advice for other folks in the industry? These kinds of things are great educational pieces that you bring, you take away for yourself as well. Yeah. The other the other aspect uh, that I often will bring up with my clients is customer conversations. So. What a great way to engage with your customers! If you have a happy customer that has been using your product or service, number one, why wouldn't we want to interview them and have them tell your story for you about how great you are and 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 how happy they are with their with with their experience with you, um, and then portray that to the world? So now that's great. That's a great credible story rather than saying Andy Paul is excellent. We're going to have Andy Paul's customer say. He's excellent. And oh, by the way, that customer is in my vertical. So, wow, maybe I should call Andy Paul because this other person thinks he's awesome. That kind of thing. Um, and so interviewing customers then also gives you that entree to that further conversation that you want to have with existing clients and, and exactly. customers as exactly. well. Yeah. So now you're bolstering that relationship, moving that forward, flattering them with an interview, and good things come out of that as well. So podcasting, as you say, is this great forum. Whether you overtly do that as a strategy or not, or how far down that continuum you go is really up to you, but it is absolutely um, something to be considered in your outreach and marketing strategy. Sure.
0: And I think there's this perception, which is really a myth, that this is something that Podcasts are something only millennials listen to. And I think the analogy would be to say, well, that's like saying that only millennials are the only people using Facebook. <laughs> or the millennials have largely abandoned Facebook because their parents are on it. Um, you know, the stats that, that I understand and I've seen as a podcast conference not that long ago, where, yeah, the listenership is, first of all, two points about the listenership of podcasts. One, yeah, there are a lot of podcasts out there, but there are so many listeners that aren't, people, a potential audience that aren't listening to them, that you know, the opportunity is still huge. And it's not just millennials.
1: No, I don't believe so. I forget the latest stats. They've probably gone up, but a third of Americans listen to podcasts. I mean, that's a third of the country. So I guess my argument would be, well, we could split hairs about this and that and the other, but do you really want to ignore a vehicle that can get you potentially in the heads of a third of Americans. Yeah, yeah. at your peril. Right? Not really. <laughs> yeah. At your peril. And and yeah. And if you don't, then your competition will.
0: Yeah, right? I think it's safe to assume that that we're going to see more and more podcasts. You know, if you remember back in the day, and this phrase or sort of predates, I'm sure, a number of our audience, but. There is this phrase when right before or right in the early days, I guess, of the internet, they call it point casting, right? So instead of broadcasting, you were point casting, creating content for very narrow niches, which has really come to pass. But podcasting gives you the ability to really target very tightly to the people that you want to connect with, which means that that it's always gonna be a good vehicle for you.
1: Well, and think about it. If Think about it. If you were there in some moment in time and you're going to be consuming content, I mean, are you going to stop and read a white paper? Are you going to stop and read a blog? Or are you going to click on something and listen to? 30 minutes of audio or 10 minutes of audio, or even just a couple of minutes of audio. um, I I just think the ease of it is undeniable. And, and I think that's part of what's driving the growth is the ease of consumption on the part of our audience. And I think that's a, a real powerful factor to consider whether or not you have a million downloads or, or just a few, I mean, all it takes is in a sense, just that one. Right. Uh, <laughs> takes a I long. mean, I right. mean for, for me, I don't know about everybody else that's listening, but for me, one listener today that goes to cranegroup.com and says, hey, Kevin, I'm interested in your services as a writer or a podcast producer, that makes all the effort, what little effort I've done to sit here and talk with you, but all the effort in putting together this podcast or any other really sort of worth it because that engagement could be worth, I don't know, you tell me what the dollar amount of that engagement could be worth.
0: A lot. And I know you spent hours preparing to come on the show. So <laughs> it did. You know, I've got
1: my notes here and books and the dictionaries nearby. Go Everything
0: ahead. that's right. We're we're, we're going It's a little bit of a stress test for you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, okay. So podcasting. Let's move on a little bit. Not completely, but I want to talk about your podcast, Every Day MBA. And not to confuse people, because it doesn't. Uh, it's not a new episode every day, but it's every the, week. It's the Every Day MBA. It's what you can apply every day in your life and in your business. So, you talk with a lot of top business leaders. I mean, and like me, I mean, I, I feel doing this, this podcast, this show, we do six new episodes a week. From a selfish perspective, I learn so much, right? I mean, I've, I've been around the yeah. block a lot, but I, I, I love it because I continue to learn so many new things and that I can apply in my own business and can share these with others. So, what's, what's sort of the number one issue that you're seeing from your guests out there? In business today what what are people most concern about what are they what are they struggling with the most
1: well there are a number of topics um, one just to think just yesterday the episode I recorded uh, with a couple of folks where we were talking about customer experience okay so we're all talking about customer experience these days and I think there's a lot of recognition that customer experience is a big driver in terms of ongoing success and so forth so that's that's nothing new but The one thing that I think that I'm hearing more now is the disconnect between the strategic need to manage customer experience and the vehicles that actually create that customer experience. And one of them being the very frontline types of people that drive your customer experience. Suppose Like sales. Like sales, you know, the frontline people that deal with folks on the phone, they deal with folks in the, you know, in the office, even online, the mechanisms that are used to engage with your company, however that is. So, those are the things that need the attention now that we have a strategic focus on customer experience. And when it comes to frontline people, for example, those are often the people that are paid the least and are often the ones that are the farthest away from the strategic vision of the organization. So if they're not bought into what it is that you're trying to do, or they're just getting through their jobs and don't really care, you know, that's not going to deliver the type of customer experience that we want to portray so I think that's one of the topics that has been coming up recently for me in my interviews is really looking at the frontline people and the frontline processes of an organization and how well they really do or do not promote customer experience
0: so from what you're hearing and talking to your guest is this is this really a it, to me it seems like it starts with a culture issue yeah you can have a strategic vision but how's your culture wound into that that's right I mean I think of a story from uh, Charles Duhigg's book, *The Power of Habit*, uh, where he talks about when was it Kevin O'Neill took over Alcoa after leaving uh, working for one of the administrations in the White House whereas as the Cabinet Secretary. That his first press conference, you know, he didn't talk about earnings or sales or anything. He talked about creating a culture of safety at the company, and he kept focused on 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 message, and that. Resonated so with the employees that you know over time, safety had a, a huge impact on top line and bottom line results.
1: Well, people need to feel safe. They need to be, feel like they're empowered, and they need to feel part of the organization in a way that really matters. I mean, you, in my view, when it comes to customer experience, you really do need to care about what the experience of your customers is, and. And then understand that. So, my question would be to leaders that are concerned about customer experience. What is it really like for your customers when they interact with your company? Do, do you really know? Or is it a situation where you're assuming you know, or you're, you know, it's not what we think it is, or what we say it is, or even how it should be. It what It's what it really is. And I think that starts with simple things like going to our company website. Is it Understandable? Is it easy to navigate? Does it tell our clients what it is that we do? I got to tell you, a lot of times I'll go to a website doing my research for clients or whatever, and I'll go to a website and I'm a pretty smart guy. Sometimes I can't figure out what it is that they do, you know? Um, So that's those kinds of things. Or buying from our company, what kinds of hoops and jumps do I need to go through? To buy from you. Um, My wife and I were signing up for um, some insurance. Um, And oh my gosh, it, it took, I don't know, hours to work through the buying process. And, you know, it should have been a much easier process. So what's what's the friction that people experience when they're trying to buy from you? If it's hard to buy, they're gonna go somewhere else. Those kinds of things that really demonstrate customer experience. And then finally, what's it like when you really do walk into the office and interact with your frontline people? And I guess that show what undercover boss does a lot of that. I mean that's <laughs> that's really brought that to the front. Well but yeah. seriously
0: well but mean, yeah but then that I think that show is the perfect illustration is and I talk about this in my first book is is yeah you know, as senior level managers they have to walk the walk and talk the talk you know the thing is oftentimes you get these strategic visions that are put out there that they don't tie the culture into because at the top level they don't exemplify it themselves
1: well I got to tell you I think that stuff is simple you don't necessarily have to have the CEO you know put a mustache on and go I mean it, restaurants do this where they have you know uh, secret shoppers or secret diners right and so just get your cousin and his wife to go you know, do the process or sign up online or whatever. And then or someone that you trust or do it yourself or whatever. And then really take a look at that process and understand what that customer experience really is. And it'll do two things. I think it'll either verify that it's great and you're doing all the right things. Maybe you tweak a little bit here or it'll it'll unearth some deficiencies that you hadn't thought of before and you can take action on.
0: So what's another issue that maybe behind customer experience, which I agree is a huge one, and, and especially in the sales, we've talked about this because I'm a absolute believer that the first line of differentiation in business these days, when you're trying to sell something, is the salesperson. You know, yeah. it, it is that experience with the salesperson becomes so so important. So what what's next on the list that you're hearing that business leaders are concerned about?
1: Well, be your customers' hero. I think um, I had another. Uh, Interesting interview with Gordon Treadgold a couple of weeks ago. He's written a book called Go Fast. And he talks about the need to be agile um, and how often our processes don't let us be agile enough. And I think he makes a really great point that, um, I don't know, how many times have you worked with a client and it seems like it takes weeks or months to make a decision, right? Or... It takes weeks or months to to have a project come to completion. Uh, I'm a content creator, and so sometimes it, it it's surprising to me where I will work on a project and I'll create some content. It could be some writing, um, and then that part will be done, but then it will take weeks or months before that content is issued or put out there. And it's, it's just a matter of the agility of the organization is not very responsive. And I think maybe that's... Maybe a little bit low impact, but when it comes to a lot of parts of business, being agile is your, can be your big differentiator. And so I think agileness is another big uh, issue that I think, um, and it kind of gets back to process, uh, that folks are really being concerned about today. We, we live in a very fast-paced world, and so if you're slow and kludgy, uh, again, I think you're at a huge disadvantage.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason my first book was called Zero Time Selling. I mean, it, well, there you
1: go. Yeah. yeah,
0: and this it's it still boggles the mind that there are so many organizations that don't really understand the value of speed. And so, what I what you know, I work with and people in the audience who listen to this know is is you know, I salespeople can control their speed. See, so, like a lot of people in some parts other parts of organization. Maybe maybe they have less control over it, but you know, you're out talking to a customer, your responsiveness is completely under your control as an individual. You know, you're not dependent on the corporate organization to be responsive. And you know, I set an example in my most recent book, you know, CEO of IBM sending out a video message to the entire workforce saying that you know, all questions will be answered within 24 hours that they get from customers and inquiries and customer, questions from customers. I mean that's putting a stake in the ground, saying, "Hey, this is important, and each of you can do it." You know, it doesn't require a process to be responsive. And so, I think it, certainly in the sales perspective is, is you have to take ownership of that need for for responsiveness for just flat out speed. You know, if you have a chance to do something that requires a, a response to a customer, do it now. You know, that's that's my standard default. Do it now. Don't, Don't wait. wait. Right. They're very interesting. All right. Well, Kevin, it's uh, been great to have you on the show again. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll be sure to have you back again. So tell people how they can learn more about you.
1: Well, you can find me at cranegroup.com. That's C R A. I-N-E, cranegroup.com. That'll get you to the place where you can find out about my writing and podcast production services. And certainly tune in to Everyday MBA at everyday-mba.com.
0: Yeah, and be sure to listen to the episode with your special with guest, Andy Paul. Andy Paul, <laughs> yes. So, as if you haven't heard enough of me here, go somewhere else and listen to me. So, well, Kevin, thanks again. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success and one easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate a part of your daily routine listening on your commute in the gym or make it part of your morning sales meeting that way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today Kevin Crane who shared his expertise with how to accelerate the growth of your business so thanks for joining me until next time this is Andy Paul good selling everyone thanks for listening to the show